Before we start this episode, I'd like to take a second to apologize for the delay in getting this episode out. Normally we release these episodes every Monday or Tuesday, but it's going out on a Friday evening. We had a lot of technical issues in editing that just took some time to deal with. So again, please accept our sincerest apologies for the delay. That said, we made it through and we've produced an absolute gem for you this week. Thank you for bearing with us. Now please sit back and enjoy the episode. This week's episode of the Starting Eleven podcast, controversy at Chelsea yet again. Spurs bottle it against Liverpool and Pozuelo lights Toronto up with a debut nobody will be forgetting anytime soon. All that and more coming right up on the Starting Eleven podcast. All right, welcome to episode 12 of the Starting 11 podcast. I'm your host, Justin Borrow, and with me today is Peter Robinson. I'm back. Support local football. <laughs> Chenge said that for you last week. <laughs> I know. Thanks, Chenge. He had to fill in for you. <laughs> and we have a special guest with us today. We have joining us once again, Andre McRae. I'm alive. I haven't died yet. Yeah, thank <laughs> God for that. And, of course, the one, the only, Chenge Khan. Did you know... And it is April Fool's Day, so I've really thought about this one. Oh shit. Did you know that Montreal lost 7-1 to SKC? <laughs> and that's not a joke. And it's not a useless That's not fact, a joke, but, I mean, did you the joke did you know the fun. actual official biggest April Fools joke that's been recorded is Montreal Impact? Ah. <laughs> I like that one. You're true. That's it, a good it's one. true. It's true. Actually, I do I do have a real fake fact for you. Okay. Did you know that Coca-Cola Bubbles because it has a room temperature boiling point. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Every liquid has, according to the scientific study from the University of Toronto, every liquid has a t- different temperature at which it bo- will boil. Liquid nitrogen, for example, has an exceptionally low <laughs> boiling point of minus 196 degrees Celsius and boils away quickly at room temperature. Carbon tetrachloride boils at 76.72 degrees Celsius. Carbonated beverages such as Coca-Cola won't burn even when, even though when they are bubbling right away out of the fridge. When you shake the can though, it will blow up (laughs) in a room temperature steam cloud. Do you see what you've signed up for, Andre? Do you you see what you're joining? Oh, oh, don't worry. I have 11 episodes to just sort of reel back and listen to on that one. (laughs) Well, I'm excited for when we get to like episode 100 or 200 because then we can like collect a book of Chengay's fake bullshit facts. Chengay's the science guy. (laughs) Yeah. He's just there like... (laughs) He's got, yeah. It goes from a a podcast to an actual video episode and we have to just sit there watching him. Put him in like a, put him in a lab coat and like big goggles. (laughs) I've just thought of a great thing. If we ever do a charity drive on this podcast, I'll just, it'll be a live stream and I'll be in a suit and I'll sit in front of a fireplace and just be reading fake facts <laughs> with a glass of whiskey in my hand. I love it. No, you have to, you have to bring on experts to back you up on the facts or to just call, oh, yes. or to call you out, like bring these experts on that you want to talk to actual experts and don't tell them you're going to say the complete bullshit part. And watch their face <laughs> like, 
That's not. That's not at all accurate. Well, we are drinking beer again. We took a little bit of a break last week. Now we're drinking different beers. I saw that you're drinking. Is that Coors Banquet, uh, Andre? It is Coors Banquet. I've got a little bit of a uh, uh, love for it actually, which is surprising because Coors tastes like if you were to drink the piss of a homeless man that's been left out for two and a half weeks in the sun. <laughs> but Banquet seems like somebody cared and made made beer that was consumable. They're like, wait a no, second. It's only, it's only because this has been left out for two weeks. Two so weeks, two as opposed to. <laughs> well, Peter and I are drinking a craft beer. It's uh, Night Watcher Oatmeal Stout uh, from Lake of Bays Brewing Company. And it's nice. It's uh, Peter, you kind of said it's like a, a bitter Guinness, which I think is a, a good way of explaining it. Yeah, it's got a lot more bitterness than, than Guinness does. Uh, so I, I like it. Um, I mean, I really like most beers. Except for Coors Light um, and Canadian, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Every every beer that goes on sale at every bar everywhere, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can buy it for five bucks a pint, you know, between four and seven, chances are it's it's not that great. If you can buy it for five dollars a twelve ounce at a Jays game. I'm not going to drink it. <laughs> <laughs> can we throw Budweiser into that category? That's then? exactly because what it you is. Yeah. Buy, <laughs> they have the, the two so, for one deal before the game. Also, yeah. I'll probably out myself for saying this, especially on a recorded setting. You can bring your own food into the Rogers Center, which, or you know, that's one of the coolest parts about it. But what they don't know is that if you bring your own food, which is just alcohol wrapped up in a tortilla. Uh, you can bring in your own alcohol. And we're banned from the Rogers Center. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. We don't play there anymore anyways. It's fine. Thank God for that. Uh, All right, guys. So uh, let's start part one, Premier League. Uh, We're going to start with Chelsea-Cardiff. Cardiff were robbed this game. I think that's fair to say. I have a conspiracy theory. Oh, boy. Here's my conspiracy theory. Premier League referees suck. So (laughs) that's part of it. So... What they're doing is they're intentionally making the Premier League referees the shittiest in the world so that when VAR comes in, everyone says, hallelujah, we've got VAR. Everything is now solved. All We don't have to worry about the referees, all the offsides. Everything is going to be all done by computers. We don't have to worry about the referees just so that everyone's like, well, it's better than what we had. A couple months ago, I would have disagreed with you. But after seeing some of these ghastly performances by the refs these last couple of weeks, I kind of am on board with that conspiracy theory. So I mean, I have a I have a I have a madcap (laughs) theory about what happened too. (laughs) Although this one's a bit less madcap. Um, So Jamie Carragher went on Monday Night Football. Oh, you started with Jamie Carragher. Now I know it's mad. No, no, honestly, wait, 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 wait. no, no, no. We're not talking about how he is undoubtedly the best Premier League defender of all time because that's just not in doubt. That's a fact. Um, (laughs) You can see Andres is looking at the, the ceiling right now. Sorry, I forgot to mention Permo de Saka. I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Um, so he made himself look like a right donut on uh, Monday Night Football. What he did was he re- they recreated the goal in virtual reality. You have to see this. This is on YouTube. And he puts on the VR goggles and he, they basically recreate everybody's player positions, movements, everything like for like, second by second. And from the referee's position... He was blocked by Williams Afro. That's why he didn't see the the offside. <laughs> it was a legitimate thing. I was like, oh, I, I kind of see it now. And it's such a stupid, so bellend theory, but it is makes that, sense. Is that Sari's basically going to put a contract in Williams' item that if he shaves his hair, he's immediately going to be bought out of his contract and traded or loaned out? Yes, yes. Also, but I'm, no, actually, I'm I'm proposing something even bigger. I'm saying the FA 
being incompetent as they are, they're going to delay VAR and they're going to introduce legislation that everybody has to have a prison cut. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but then... Shaved back, shaved back insides. But again, the the problem is, what else am I going to look at with Hector Beller? And he's got nothing else for him except for whatever the hell he (laughs) does. He's a good looking dude. (laughs) He's got a nice skull. He's got like (laughs) Gwen Doozy too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and look at the issue when before, right after Flaney cut his hair, and he's pulling Guendouzi's hair, and it's like you, you just had <laughs> you, you just like that's like it's a guy missing an arm just gets a prosthetic and starts to make fun of somebody who lost his arm. Like, yeah. <laughs> so the game finished two one for Chelsea. Uh, it really those three points could go to damage Cardiff's chances of staying up in the Premier League. Uh, Neil Warnick was not happy. Uh, did you guys catch him staring down the referees after the match? So like a boss so it was amazing cool. just standing in the center circle just glaring them down uh so from as of right now uh he is he was there's no um punishment set forth by the fa uh for that action but for comments that he made after the game uh there's been no word about whether the fa will punish him or not i hope they don't because i mean it was such a bad call he was like a yard offside a yard like it it was so obvious that i i mean afro or no afro i don't know how you miss that and like for for a game so important where i I see you laughing but for a game so (laughs) afro or no afro i don't know how you missed that there you go there's that is a brand new sentence that is the starting 11 podcast first t-shirt (laughs) <laughs> afro or no afro you just have you just have you just have a linesman in the background and it's marred off by an afro yes <laughs> you just see the top of a flag beyond an afro so i mean Amazing. look we've we've beat this horse to death already on this podcast about how var is needed and how premier league referees suck um and so you know i'm really hoping that when they bring var into the prem next year uh it's going to make a difference um but I mean, it's just it's it's getting frustrating watching these missed calls over and over again, because I mean, what are these referees being paid so much money to do if not just make these horrendous calls? And, and as you said, that's probably one of the big conspiracies about it. And, you know, whether or not they're pissed off, it's coming in, whether or not they're slacking because they think, oh, well, my job's now just going to be so much easier. Like, why am I why am I even bothering? Like here in, in just, a, you know, whatever, a couple months, I'm not even going to have to do anything anymore. Or maybe they're just. Keeping up with the pressure. I know during the World Cup, I think it was right before it started, one of the publications or Times, they had a they had a little fun online game you could play, and it was can you spot the foul or the offside? Yes, that's I, right. Yeah, I did that. Yeah, yeah, and the different ones, and you know everybody got a hundred percent because you always reset and go back and then redo it. <laughs> uh, but you know when you look at those scenarios, you just you have to watch these guys and go. I understand, you know, there's no VAR. You can't really retroactively go and punish them or change it. And they probably know the mistake after it's done. But why is something not being done about it? Like, it's fine. It happens once. Cool. Happens twice. Okay, Dicey, they want to save face. But by the fourth one, you think the only face saving you can do is just be like, okay, uh, we're going to put out something and say, look, we need more refs or start pulling people from elsewhere or ask for help from FIFA and say, can we, can we mix up these, these refs now? Can we start? To there was, them? um, there was the, the PGMOL 
2, PGMOL 1, deals with the Premier League referees. PGMOL 2 has made some pretty high-profile acquisitions to referee the championship. So I'm guessing that they're trying to wean in a new generation of referees. There's one particular referee, uh, Australian referee. I forget his name exactly. Yeah. He was, he was, he was, uh, you sent me that video of him being mic'd up. Yeah. Highlight. Uh, yeah. The, the highlight where you got his 6,000 or 3,000 foul or something like that. 4,200. Yeah. yeah. 100, yeah. 4,700 foul. Yeah. He's going to the championship next year. So I, I wonder, and then I looked on the Wikipedia page and he's one of about four new acquisitions for that, that, for the championship. So I wonder if that is the long-term game is to slowly but surely wean in the new generation and get rid of John Moss for Christ's sake. And, uh, you know, Dean, love of God. Mike Dean. Yeah. We can just get rid Mike of Mike Dean hiding the ball under his shirt <laughs> since the nineties. Uh, all right, guys. So let's jump over now to United Watford. Uh, Ola is now officially confirmed at the wheel for the next three years to the delight of Spurs supporters. You can now breathe, Peter. Take a breath. Come on. I can. <laughs> well, I mean, now that you got Zidane in uh, Real Madrid, you got Ole Zidane. locked up now. Zidane. Sorry, Zidane. 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 Oh, suck. <laughs> you got some boring names. Easy names. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so trust me. This podcast try, try, try would not be this podcast would not be what it is if I did not screw up a name once per episode. Try being an I Arsenal do it on purpose fan. at this point. Try being an Arsenal <laughs> fan. We signed somebody I can't even like they had to fit half of his name on a jersey. I'm like soccer so suck so Oh yeah, soccer. Alex Oxlade Chamberlain. <laughs> <laughs> How well is he working out for you though? He's he's done really well being injured. This is just top class injury, man. I know. I know. Like he, he he didn't get some trash injury like rolled ankle. He went for the top shelf shit, you know, ACL. Okay, let's done. Let's be fair, right? We we we've got somebody whose entire foot was almost ready to be amputated. So mm. Santa Gazorla. Like you know what a player though. I know, exactly. So we want to talk about injuries. We just basically cause people's feet to fall off. <laughs> So, I mean, uh, United ended up getting the win, uh, 2-1 against Watford. Uh, goals from Rashford and Martial, uh, both well taken. Uh, Martial's was kind of a, a bit of a garbage ball, just sort of in the box that he was able to clean up. Uh, but the goal I do want to talk about uh, came from Watford. Uh, from And I'm going to butcher the name, so don't yell at me. Um, Abdoulaye uh, Ducouré. Ducou- that was pretty good. Am I close? Ducouré. That was Ducouré. Ducouré. Hey! <laughs> so, um... Yeah, that that goal was just uh, phenomenal. The way that he, uh, you know, he, he passes it off. It's like a one-two uh, right through the uh, right through the legs, and then he's right there to pick it up. Steps in on De Gea, and and you know, it was, a, it was a really well worked goal. I mean, Watford has scored a bunch of those this season, so um, you know, it's not a surprise. It's a surprise that it's against United and De Gea the way that they've been playing, but you know, at the same time. I wasn't even mad about it because it was such yeah. a nice goal that I was like, oh, shit. Like, he, <laughs> it was well taken, you know. It wasn't like one of those goals where you're like, oh. But, yeah, no, it was uh, it was well taken. And, and Watford's a great team. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm happy for them that they're doing well this season and, and you know, kind of in the middle of the park there. So, um, but, yeah, you know, overall, I'm happy that Ole is, is staying at United as a United fan. Uh, that's huge news. I, I've been saying since day one on this podcast that I wanted him locked up. And, you know, I, I'm really excited to see what he's going to do with this team for the next three years. It's going to be questionable when he comes to the transfer season. So, like, nobody can doubt what he's kind of done. He's gotten the better out of players. But it's going to come down to what he's going to do in the transfer season. And anybody who's ever been a pungent or in an argument about him is going to say the same thing. You've got someone who's not tested and acquiring people, bringing them on, taking them in. He doesn't have a name for himself. 
So you're not going to get those people who rush in on the name. They're not going to go, oh, I, you know, I got to play with Zidane. I got to go play with, you know, Mourinho before he became Mourinho. You know, I'm not, <laughs> you know, I got to go play with, you know, such and such and such. So we're going to find out how well that works. This is either going to become very quickly a, a Cinderella story, even if Manchester doesn't go all the way and win the Premier League or win the Champions League, but still maintains like a good top, you know, four setting or absolutely horrific because it's not about who you can acquire, but who you can prevent from leaving. Which they've already lost under Herrera too, if reports are to be believed. Pre-contract to PSG. I don't know if that's so April I'm going to be honest. I, I read that and because it was April 1st, I don't know what to it's, like. I it's think not it's not real. I'm not going to lie. I don't if know you because were, <laughs> if you were going to announce you were going to another team secretly behind people's backs, today would have been the day to do this it. This would be the great yeah. day to do yeah. it. Because <laughs> everyone would have been like, oh, you're so funny. And then a week from now, it's like, oh, shit. <laughs> but, but you know, you know, this this story does make a little bit of sense because Rabio has been trying to leave for the better part of a year now. So supposedly, though, there that is was a deal a in place Rabiot for lookalike. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't Rabio. Yeah, it wasn't no, actually. Oh, yeah, it was a lookalike. Was yeah. It was some <laughs> other dude. Anyways, Rabio <laughs> moving to potentially the Premier League or to La Liga um, in Barcelona or Real Madrid. That there must be something advanced going on, or PSG are looking to just offload him anyways, just get rid, uh, which based on how he's behaved over the last six, seven months, who can blame him? Um, but yeah, no, uh, this is a good point that you made, Andre, about uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Maybe not perhaps having the name, but you know, if if you are if you are a player and you are approached, you you look at United. You, I mean, United still has the name, right? To play for Manchester United is still a very big deal, even though they haven't been top of the top, uh, cream of the crop for a very long time now. Um, they're playing attractive football. They're playing for a, a bright, not a young manager, but a relatively fresh manager. Um, I think it's still a pretty attractive proposition, all things told. The question now becomes, can Ed Woodward not be Ed Woodward? Well, you've got well, you've got the issue of, of money, right? Like, Ed Woodward is still like, you know, yeah, he might be the frugal uncle, but he's the rich frugal uncle who still spends way more than everybody else should on just the dumb yeah. shit, though. So 52 million for Fred, by the way. You know, Alexis Sanchez. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which again, how is that working out for you? By the way, let's just keep rolling down the line. All these players you like to offload for some reason, but you know that's that's the thing. When we have these guys, it is a good proposition in that sense that the club name is there. But when you can burn yourself on a big contract, and yeah, you may have a good name and you may make a good salary, but imagine if Mourinho stayed on. And went the whole season, whatever, they finished sixth or seventh. They did what they did. Imagine Pogba having to sit there and go, shit. He might be a good mm. player, but because the team did horribly, he might have done great, but nobody's going to look at that. Even even any director, technical director or any manager from a big club like Real or Barcelona, what they're going to do is they're going to look at it and go like, oh, no. Like, you know... I don't know, maybe is he worth the money? Is he worth spending that kind of cash? Probably not. And that's where you got to be careful. We don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, he's had a great success, but I think at the end of the season where he finishes will greatly determine where they're able to pull from. Fourth, fifth, you know, sixth, third, where they end up will probably determine massive, massive amounts of, of cash flow. I think that a United finishing fourth would be a huge win 
for this team this season. I had called third. You did I call think third, like I one think of our first podcasts. Gonna I said accurate, United's going to yeah. finish third. <laughs> but I think when it comes to recruitment, a lot of it in my eyes comes down to Paul Pogba. It comes down to the star players. If they can convince, because we all know players talk, they text, they they do all that. Um, you know, there's all that, uh, what is it, man- manipulation, whatever the NBA is talking about um, with all their players. Um, we know that happens in every league. So to me, it comes down to what Paul Pogba can do and what the star players on United can do in order to convince players to come play with them. If they, if Ole doesn't bring in players, a lot of it doesn't have to do with Ole. A lot of it has to do with the other players not convincing or being convincing enough to these these signings. Because, um, you know, Ole's going to have his list of players that he wants. And if, if he doesn't get any of them, it... It's not so much down to him. I think it's down to the team that he has. Uh, so I, I, we'll see what happens. <laughs> All I can say is that I am going to be a very, very happy man for the next three years with him at the wheel. So um, let's move on. Not forward. if you keep losing. Three years, you are <laughs> optimistic. I am, man. I'm an optimistic United supporter. It's been a real shit last couple. I mean, since really since... Uh, since uh, Sir Alex Ferguson left, it's been sort of just on a steady downhill. Uh, I don't and know. So I... Moise was the chosen one. Don't be dissing, <laughs> yeah. dissing that. Yeah, that's the yeah. special one. Yeah, the special one was supposed to be your yeah. special one, and he turned out very special. Yeah, Van Van Gaal was supposed to be the same, and that didn't work out either. So, And then Mourinho, and that didn't work out. So, you know, maybe maybe Ole will be the one. We'll see. Uh, and I'm really excited to see what they do in Champions League. This game against Barcelona is going to you know speak volumes, and uh, we're, we're going to see what happens. But let's jump now to the... <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Let's talk yeah. Spurs-Liverpool. I want to talk about it. <laughs> I bet you do. <laughs> so Spurs lose in the most Spursy way imaginable with a horrendous own goal by Toby Alderweireld. I mean, he's going to be a United player next season anyways, so have fun with we that. We don't want him. Take him <laughs> off the list. Ole, cut him off. Take him off. We don't want him. Yeah, but that that wasn't, in fairness, that wasn't Alderweireld's fault. No, it was Lori's. Lori's. Lori should have had it. He, I mean, he bobbled it, right? Yeah. So um, I was telling these guys uh, during the game, I was saying, there's no way that Lloris is the goalkeeper at Spurs next season. He, he's had too many blunders this season. Um, I, I Realistically, he needs to go somewhere else. Um, you know, Gazaniga, the few games that he's played for us, he, he could have done just as well as, as Lloris for the most part in a lot of these games. I don't think Lloris has made a lot of, you know, world-class saves for the world-class goalkeeper he is. Um, he really hasn't come out to play this season. So, um, you know, I, I do think that this is, sort of his uh, his last season with Spurs. Um, but yeah, this game, Chegues and I were talking about it. I'll let him sort of say his little piece. But for the most part, Liverpool controlled the first half hour, um, probably even the first half. Spurs came out and controlled the second part, uh, the second half, um, up until that little bit of pressure from Liverpool, which led to the own goal. Um, I think it was a game of two halves. It was, yeah, it absolutely was. Uh, we were magnificent first half. I think we did everything but put four or five in the net. We had so many good chances and we, were, we weren't we were carving you guys open, but we were creating a lot of clear-cut chances that, you know, were either defended well. I mean, Sanchez on that had that tackle on Salah in the first half, which was immense. Um, and then obviously how uh, Robertson had that beautiful ball from left back to carve open 
just to split the Spurs centre backs for Firmino to just head it in. That was just, oh, I, I can't speak highly enough about Robertson because he's just, he's in my mind, he's the best Premier League left back by some considerable considerable margin. Well, I think him and David Alaba are probably the best in Europe right now. Yeah, left yeah, backs. no, definitely. And Jordi Alba hasn't had a great season either. So he's, it's definitely a conversation to be had at some point. But um, yeah, second half, I don't know what happened um, to Liverpool. I don't think we did a whole lot wrong. I think just Spurs started stringing passes together a bit a bit more and that led to a little bit of momentum. They started getting confidence. We had a few issues at the back. Martip had that slip. And geez, that slip in that exact moment of the uh, that exact <laughs> position of the the final third gave me horrible horrible flashbacks. But um, PTSD. luckily, it didn't lead to a goal. Gerard. Okay, none of that. None of that. <laughs> Don't be a bad guess now. <laughs> but honestly, yeah, no. Um, I think one of our players, Trent Alexander Arnold, he said on Instagram, "We wanted it more." Perhaps that was true. I think that's what it came down to. But honestly, with the way it all panned out, the way it played, I don't think either team really deserved to win. But Liverpool came with the, came out with the result. And that's all that really matters. Well, you're going to get... And I'm going to do my drag on Spurs being, you know, Spursy, doing the Spursy thing. But with, like, when Why you, is that, Andre? Oh, it's probably because I, I support the best team in the world. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> I mean, for Christ's sakes, even... even the, the, the manager, even the manager of United likes to name himself after our supporters, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> just point that out there for a minute. So, uh-huh. but when uh, you really, that's how that works. when you really break it down, it was like a solid 50 50. It was all Liverpool right in the first. It really was all Spurs in the second. It was actually like one of the more balanced games. It did really come down to the one mistake, and it, or else it would have been a draw. Well, even when you break down the statistics, you know, 49 to, to 50, 51 possession, you know, the, the goals. Like total shots are, are 14 to 11. Shots on targets are three to two. Like there's no massive, even when you get into the defensive, you got 61 to 62% tackles that were won. Like these are statistics you don't really see in games that don't either end nil nil or don't end in a, in a complete and total draw. So the fact that it really just came down to that one off mistake and probably the reasons why we all enjoy the game and call it so beautiful is that it takes that one misstep that one mistake and that that's so significant like it's got such overlasting effects to the way this league is gonna go now over the next couple weeks that you you can't help but but love it and again for me being somebody who genuinely felt that like it'd be great if the game ended and both teams lost three points it was it was nice it was nice for me to just watch cancel the game (laughs) yeah just you know three three and everybody losing but that's it was so great for me to see it and actually just sit there and enjoy it and go you know what they were there were so many good attacking plays and defensive plays and it was very cohesive and and you just watched it kind of push 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 we've got the lead pull back pull back pull back yeah no 100 percent. i was going to say in all seriousness though these kind of games are why we love the premier league and why we love football because there's two attacking teams going at each other and Despite the recent positional-based rivalry with regards to the table and and aspirations and ambitions, I always love Liverpool Spurs games now. Ever since Pochettino came in charge, it's always been super, super fun to watch. I mean, from a from a Spurs sort of point of view, 
Uh, it was a it was a good game to watch. I was really worried in the first half. Um, like I was telling you, Chengiz, the uh, I felt that Erickson really didn't have a good touch the whole game. No, he didn't um, until the he assist. He was fairly invisible. He it seemed like any ball that came into him. He was either miscontrolling it or someone was right on him right away. So, you know, hats off to Liverpool for shutting down basically, you know, our, our main playmaker, who is Christian Eriksen. Um, but, uh, you know, Deli Alley, I, I think that he kind of came in and out of the game, but for the most part, he didn't do much. Lucas Mora had a very good game, I thought. Um, and I, I think we should have brought on Son earlier. But, mm-hmm. um, again... You know, it happens. It's uh, well, how do you, it's like, how do you bring on Sun at the, like the seventieth minute, like the 69th minute? Like that's a Wenger move. Like, well, you're literally he, down one, and it's like, oh, you know what we should do? Bring on somebody with a huge proven record. Thirty yeah, minutes, from now, <laughs> thirty minutes from now. Like, like to 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 their credit, though, to Pochettino's credit, he brought on Sun right at the point where we were getting really frustrated. Then he changed the shape and then literally 45 seconds later, there was a goal in the back of the Liverpool net. Yeah, I I just think that that Son is that little bit of extra motor that Spurs needed up front. He chases everything, um, you know, and he's not afraid to take players on. And I felt like that's what we were missing. Well, yeah, he he can be the make or break, like the speed and the quality and stuff like that. But but he also the issue where I have with the time, and you are right, changing the formation. But if if that frustration and formation change is all it took, you're, you know that you that could have been done twenty minutes before because Sun is Sun is not a a thirty minute player. He can have that same quality and pace for 70, 80 minutes, and that's that's the thing. Is uh, you know I agree, and the the change of formation can be the nightmare of any club, you know in any scenario, especially if it's been, you're not, you're getting shots, but none of them are going in. But when you change it so late, you're really not utilizing the fact that he can outpace people again and again and again. Like it's, you know, the longevity sake of, of a, a two horse race. If one can go just a little bit faster for longer, putting him in at the very end means he's just not fast enough to catch up. All right, guys. Well, let's. Uh, the last thing we're going to talk about here in part one is uh, so Huddersfield's horrendous season has finally been put out of its misery. Uh, so with their two nothing loss uh, this weekend against Palace, Huddersfield are now the first team confirmed relegated from the Prem this year, and they join Derby County and Ipswich Town as the only teams to be relegated with six games left to play. So maybe we should all just quickly press F to pay respects for that because their season was just disgustingly bad. You almost felt bad for them, but it was it was almost comical at how bad it was. I was going to say I, I want to I really want to find a Huddersfield town in Canada, and I want to sit down and interview them and ask them what happened. I think all of us have been kind of watching from a distance. We saw David Wagner leave, and we knew David Wagner was a good coach, and we were a bit surprised that he left. Um, but it's 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 a strange story because they did really well last season. They were real fighters. They, now, they beat they United for the first time since 1956. Oh. There, well, there you go. The, the, the Mourinho effect more yeah. than anything else. Well, that's true. That is, that's they will it. be They will be actually fun to watch because with six games left to play, they have they, they could literally just go on vacation and whatever, like just yeah. disqualify. But I'm willing to bet that they're going to prove something and they're going to fight probably twice as hard because they go, whatever, we get an injury. Oh no! Mm. You know, so I think yeah. they're going to be an absolute to the the nightmare to anyway. play yeah. because they go, "Oh, we got a red card, shucks." 
Yeah. You know, so they, I think. And I, I mean, think, I feel like they're also going to want to set a, a tone for when they go back down to the championship, right? So they're going to want to sort of get, get that reset. going as well. So yeah, huge reset. And, and hopefully they can, you know, they can they can do well down there and, and hopefully make their way back up in a couple of years. I mean, when we look at Fulham, Fulham's a loss away from being relegated as well. Um, or even a draw, I believe they're they're away from being relegated. So, and that was a team that coming into the season, you know, we we thought they were going to do all right. Um, I didn't see them getting relegated uh, based on the recruitment that they'd done as well as the players that they already had. Um, but you know, seventeen points on a season that's not going to no, keep you up. Not good at all. So that's gonna do, that's gonna do it for part one, guys. In part two, we're gonna discuss Toronto FC's perfect start to the season and Pozuelo's dream debut. All that and more coming up on the Start Eleven podcast. Hey everyone, if you've liked what you've heard so far, please subscribe, leave a rating and a review to let us know what you think about the show. We would also love to hear from you, so please, if you have any questions, comments or concerns, please send them our way over at the thestartingxipodcast at gmail.com. That's the thestartingxipodcast at gmail.com. For more general abuse, be sure to at us and follow us over at xipodcast on Twitter. Now, let's get back to it. Welcome to part two of the Start 11 podcast. Uh, let's jump right into it, guys. Uh, Toronto FC's had a perfect start to the season. Their first time ever in club history going 3-0. and uh, A dream debut for Pozuelo. Guys, there is so much to break down Pozuelo. here. Pozuelo. 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 Okay. I need to get one thing off my... I need to get one thing off my chest here, okay? So I was one of the first people, and it was here on this podcast recorded, to kind of criticize and say, I don't know who this guy is. He has no name value. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't overly excited for him to come. Uh, I, I thought that they were spending a lot of money on somebody. I thought it was a gamble. Uh, it's only been one game. So, I mean, you know, obviously uh, a small grain of salt. But if what we saw Friday night was anything that we can look forward to for the rest of the season. He happily made me swallow my words. And I am so glad that he did because, I mean, what a way to start. Uh, it so, wasn't just you, though. Yeah, honestly, it wasn't just you. It was everyone. Everybody. Yeah. It, no, it was everyone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I literally came <laughs> okay, on this okay. podcast like, like two, three episodes ago and went, no, 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 don't discredit him. Kent is a good team. It's a good league. He's the second highest. Yeah, don't the don't, don't, okay, don't yeah. be okay, shooting Okay, Mr. Holier than thou. It's, it's okay. <laughs> You're right. We know. I just wanted You're to clear right. my conscience because I, after like, he made me eat my words, I was in the stands thinking to myself, Oh shit! <laughs> but okay, so I, I take the great assault because Defoe scored on his debut, Altador scored on his debut. Uh, I forget there was another one who scored on their debut. Um, so it's it's kind of like you have to prove yourself. No, no, for but sure. Th- they didn't score goals that were quite as cheeky as Pozuelo's first goals. So now, now um, again, we can go and, and that is the thing, right? Toronto, Toronto is best with a grain of salt. And that's, that is for the right reasons when we have, you know, such a terrible history and upbringing, but the reasons why it's so significant to me and, and anybody who really kind of looks into it is, um, you not you don't look at the cheeky goals. Those great. Those make you feel great. But had he not scored those, we would have won based on his assist. Hmm. Right. It would have been still a two nothing victory based on the fact that he's two goals. And what most people ignore is that he has an assist. 
that's where my that's yep. where my real love of my my kind of concept of, of the power ranking sits is the fact that yeah two goals that's great new style people don't know how to judge him look at geo yeah he only scored once but the next couple of games he went on a tear and smashed everybody but then he was quick to figure right. out what matters more than the goals themselves is if you're able to create them and that's what we saw with Pasuelo was, I mean, like his, I think his first couple touches on the ball, he had sent um, Josie in for that, that shot on target. Like he had, there were so many times right at the beginning of the game where he just was able to, to find space. And, and if the link up play that we saw Friday was any indication of what we can expect for the rest of the season, I mean, Josie's going to have a record high amount of goals. Was it Posey? Posey's the new one. Yeah. <laughs> Posey. Joe Where? Posedor. Posedor. Something I wanted to bring up is that this is his first game with an unfamiliar squad in a freezing cold country where the, the people, you know, dress funny and they speak weird and shit. Like, it's, it's a big culture shock coming from Europe as a native Spanish speaker to Toronto. And he came here and he did the business on his pitch. And what was really, really impressive about this is that he's, he, a lot of the stuff he created was from the middle of the park, exactly halfway. It wasn't in just in the final third. Like that first goal, he picks up the ball exactly from halfway and he stings it forward to, um, I think it was Osorio, and then who then plays a one-two, and then he just kind of dances around in and around the box, and then lays it off to Josie. That that exact like this is exactly what I was hoping for from Pozuelo is that we have sort of the solidity in Delgado, in Bradley, and in uh, Osorio. As much as you don't like him, Peter, but he does perform that that function really well. As he he covers that back line. What we didn't really have was that link between the midfield three. And the front two or front three, depending on what formation we play. And Pozuelo just came in, very little training, very little everything, and he just solved that link. It was a perfect fit. And I don't know how much of this we have to credit the scouting department for this, and how much, and bear with me, we have to actually credit Greg Vanny for having no. a tactical master class that that night because I think he did you, have a tactical master class. And you know what? You night. and you know what? Before you just jump down his throat and just absolutely try to <laughs> slaughter him, right? Before you attempt that, you know what it was. Of course, the scouting was important, but it, you know we have to look at it again. It's four goals. He only scored two of them. One of them was a penalty, which someone else gave him. Keep in mind, Josie could have happily been like, "No, I'm going to take the penalty." Happily gave him with all the faith in the world. But again, Chapman scored, and Chapman scored a good goal, a yep. very, very, very good goal. And again, from RO, Chengage's favorite player. From again, like uh, these people, <laughs> these people that are now working, because can you not tell, you can't look me in the face over a webcam, um, you know, from a distance away and go, Azario didn't play <laughs> a good game. Like he, he played a good game, and we, as, as well as he's kind of been doing this season out of the, the couple games we've had, it, it looked like he was comfortable. He was making runs in areas he wouldn't have traditionally done because he's not like, oh, God, I have to get the ball. Oh, God, I have to well, score. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say is I think he was being played more in a position and a role that is capable, that is better suited to his strengths and limitations, which is a very narrow window. He is a limited player, but he wasn't asked to do more than what he's capable of. And so he had a good game. Osorio had a good game. My only... My only 
like my only complaint about Osorio is I feel like when he has the ball, he takes too much time to think about it. And so once he has the ball and he's made his decision what he wants to do with it, uh, he's he's kind of found out. You know what I mean? And, and there's there's guys on him, and and we saw but he that didn't same need to thing. Think. He didn't need to think last yeah. night. That night, no, sorry. No, you're right. And and but but just that's my one sort of complaint with him when I do see him is that especially when he's like on the top of the the 18 yard box there, he gets the ball and he just takes so long to make a decision that by the time he does the the defending team is is sort of back into position and whatever sort of advantage we we might have had, we we've lost. So my big thing with Azario, it's not that I don't like him as a player. I didn't like that they were relying on him as the the primary playmaker or the primary maestro of the offense. I felt like that was the wrong role for him. I feel like he's a good supporter of a player who can spray the ball, who can make those little jinky one-touch passes, and that's what we needed. And Pozuelo seems to be that player. Um, So I think that, again, you're going to see Azario maybe start putting up numbers like he did last season. Um, When the pressure's pressure's not on him. Like you and you yeah. got and you're right. You got him like in an area where he just can move forwards and you know take his time in that sense where it's not like okay, I have to be up front where I have to one touch it. You know, I can just straight up. This is what I'm doing. I can oh, I've got the ball. I've got my run. I can take a shot or oh, I've got support here, here, and here. Maybe and you know what? Maybe he can learn from that. Maybe he won't have to be that guy that goes. Well, I'm gonna take forever. I don't know if I have enough time. Maybe I'll just hold on the ball a while. Maybe you know what? I think I'll. I think I'll. I'll Pass it off now because now I've got, you know, Jose on the left, Pozuelo on the right. You know, somebody else has made a darting run out. Maybe Bradley's come up. You know, the experimentation's there, and you've now, I think, got the balance with him. And he, and hopefully, again, this is one game we're going to find out on Saturday. Did we bring out the better in some players? Yeah, it was, I think with Azario, it was, he, he felt like he needed to be that that main playmaker but now that he has someone else that he can pass to and allow them to kind of, you know, move the ball around, he I don't think he had enough confidence in the other players to play the, realistically, the futsal type game that he wants to play. But that's what Pozuelo is available to do. Um, so I think that it, it should be a good partnership as well as you have sort of the brute force of Josie up front. Um, I think it's going to be good. If the, if the fullbacks can keep on marauding like they are, this team is scary. Yeah, because if you can get Simon Moore and Mavinga all healthy and playing well in the back, it, it's it's going to be a good squad. Alex Bono. Oh my God, Mavinga! Oh, your favorite player? I forgot. He's Dude, your favorite player. Man, like <laughs> even like okay, we have to talk about we we have to talk about the highs and the lows here, right? Like Mavinga was again at sixes and sevens during that game. Like there were some moments in the first half where I was just like, "Mate, come on, stop it." He had some. He had some shaky back passes to Stop to, it. to Bono. Stop. And but but speaking of, I, I won't beat the horse too badly this week. I mean, we know my spiel about Mavinga. Let's talk about Bono. He was good. I, he had a good game. He made a few saves. Yeah, the confidence is finally hopefully back. I think having that Spaniard there and and the, the height that guy, and you know what and I said this too before and I've said this a couple of times. With two wins helps with confidence. I think this win is going to be detrimental to the outcome of that season because this is literally the full final confidence bring back. And the fact that we've had these good wins, these ones that have been more decisive, his confidence is going to go right back up. And that's what he needs. If that confidence is up, he's a damn good keeper. But as soon as it's shooken, he just it takes so long to snap out of that, you know what, if that's the way he is for the rest of his career, he'll never be the great, great keeper. 
But if he can get a way to get out of that funk or find a way to just sort of be like, well, I had a, I had a horrible blowout and find a way to come back from it. He could be a, an amazing keeper, but as soon as he's shaken, you might as well just give him a bowl of popcorn with extra butter on it and then send him out to the field. <laughs> I actually saw him take a cross, like actually command the box and take a cross, which is something that he hasn't been able to do um, at least the end of last season uh, and preseason. So, uh, you know, maybe he is turning a corner like Andre says. I'm hoping so. Uh, so let, let's be optimistic about this. It, it's So far, it's been pretty good. So no, I think, honestly, I think it's because we keep talking about him on this podcast and we know he's a big fan of this podcast, lol. Uh, so oh, uh, oh. let's keep criticizing. Okay. <laughs> so fun, fun, fun fact. Uh, we, we mentioned Casey. Casey's kind of a, a friend of the pod. She actually does listen to it. She's a pretty big one. So she tags me or whatever and tweets out to Chapman about the goal and stuff like that. Like how come, how come, how come she doesn't, uh, or he doesn't have any, any, you know, songs. And I go, well, like, well, they just kind of happen. Like, you know, you know, we don't, we don't pick who gets songs. They just kind of come out. And she goes, well, maybe if he scored some more goals, I was like, come on, like, this is not how that works. And then again, I quote, yeah, I quote, yeah, hater. Like, <laughs> like I was like, ah, oh, great. Way to piss off her own team. Thanks, man. Like, drag me into, <laughs> drag me into this first. And, and then he's like, oh, dick. Well, so, now that you got him responding, bring him on the pod, Andre. Come on, man. You know what? You know what the <laughs> dumb part is? Is that we keep trading all the people I actually have on WhatsApp. So, yeah, yeah I have Hagelin on WhatsApp and we could have brought him on. That's no good anymore. That, that actually might be good just to see, you know, how, how it is in Cincinnati being a, an expansion squad. He, he doesn't talk to me as much anymore now. <laughs> <laughs> suddenly, I know, suddenly I don't matter the same. Um, you know, and again, I add Vanderveel on there for a bit. And uh, so I think I'm going to stop. Oh, he he would have been, been a fun guy. To I'm just going to stop putting players on WhatsApp because right now it's not working out too well. Um, <laughs> it's like I'm, yeah, I'm over I think- two, right? So. <laughs> this uh this season i'm i'm really cr- crossing my fingers that that there are going to be peaks there are going to be valleys i'm just hoping that there's more peaks this season than valleys yeah. well, um, well, manning came out and said i think it was like maybe last week they, that they're they just got back from argentina and that they're that they're seriously like scouting out around there and looking for some big players so i think i think we we were not done yet i think they're they're really like pushing to get money in, in any way possible. And I think they're, they're, and, and they said it out right during the press conference for Pozuelo. They bought the players based on their individual performance and how good they were in theory and on paper, but not how well they would work with the team, you know? And they realized they made a mistake there with, with the players that we had. So let's hopefully see they learn from it. And when the pocketbooks really start spending, we're getting players that aren't, oh my God, it's, you know, whatever the the Chinese messy. It's like, oh, okay, well, he's a, he's an all right player, but he's gonna work well with the team. I think we just need to try and, uh, like you said, or like Manning has said, spend money responsibly on players that we've done advanced scouting on. You know, not just by name value, um, and just try and bring in players that are gonna help the team. Uh, you know, for this foreseeable future, and hopefully are willing to sign on for later. I'm really hoping that they bring Nicholas Hasler back. We were talking about this uh, before the before we started recording. I was a big fan of Hasler. I think that he's exactly what you need. He's a great backup fullback if you need him. He's a great outside midfielder if you need him. He's a tireless worker. He scored a few goals last season. Um, and 
you know, he, he's a, he's a team guy. He's an emotions guy. So I, I really hope that they bring him back if the number's right. And you know, if, uh, if he isn't getting courted by anyone else, like why not? You can do a job in center back as well, which is good because we can drop a finger. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. There's there the jazz. Just, I was waiting Sorry, for it had to be done. Yes. He's like, I had he's to fill my quota. Player. And I think what also made me feel good was uh, when Pozuelo said that, you know, he was, uh, you know, he was given references by, you know, Victor Vasquez and uh, like other players that have played on this on this team and, and in the city saying that, you know, it's a great city to, to live in and to play with. And, you know, I, I feel like uh, that really made, you know, me feel good as somebody who supports this club and, and from the city, you know, that players want to come and play here. You know, it's not just about the money, but like they come and they actually they actually like even uh, it was Josie who said that when, you know, he was in Sunderland. Um, he said that if he ever came back to the MLS, he thought it was going to be to go back to New York. Uh, and, you know, Greg Vanny met him at like a pub in a basement um, and they had like a, a secret meeting and he decided to come to uh, to Toronto and um, you know, it was, that was a, like, it's a big deal. And now look at, he doesn't want to leave. Like he loves the city and, you know, he considers it his home. So and I, I thought that was kind of nice and you're staring at me like, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just thinking about news this morning. Cause Kawhi had his daughter in Canada. Does that mean he's staying? No, no, no. He had her <laughs> yeah. here. So that way he, she gets the passport so they can get healthcare. She gets passport. I, there you go. And also if he had it in the States, he'd be charged 50 grand. Yeah, it's true. Uh, yeah. It's yeah. true. Oh, yeah. He made the smart choice. Um, so one thing that I did notice about Friday night, which I want to talk about, because I know that last time you were on the podcast, uh, Andre, we discussed this. Uh, the South End was in almost in unison on Friday. It was nice to see the South End was bouncing. It was uh, it, it, went, it, it seemed it went like, well. There was no problems. They, they had cohesion. No. There was consistency. Yeah. I was like, when is something going to go wrong? So it was just one of those ones where it was just so nice to see and it matters because you can hear it more, right? Those those words yes. come out a lot more. It makes it much more difficult to play. And I think I think the fact that everybody kind of either either saw the disposition without, you know, inebriati or without just the turmoil of every group kind of arguing and bickering, it was I think what it's gonna do with the high of these extra games is bring that that joy and that unison back. And I know there's been a general change of attitude of everybody towards the ultras the ultras towards everybody else that that cohesion is more important than your individuality and 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 there were videos that somebody took from i I think on the west side but closer near the end and the jumping sections where everybody was jumping and kind of moving were were at the same damn time yeah, it was so from 110. I'm so I'm in 110, so I'm right off the corner flag. And I, that's what I was going to say was like during the TFC bounce, it, the entire south end was bouncing like in unison and it was loud and it was like you could feel the energy. And I, I feel like, you know, Pozuelo's performance and just, you know, being there sort of helped to build up on it was that. The excitement. It was the know? excitement. Yeah. But I, th- I think it was, it was the first time, at least, you know, this season since we've been uh, like at home. First time um, in a while first time in a while that you've that you really felt uh that optimism in the air like you could feel like it felt like it was 2017 again you know when when we expected to win and when you know we were we were happy with how we were playing and it it wasn't this sort of oh my god what's gonna happen next like it just was this this excitement this it was casual it was yeah it was it was fun like i i really enjoyed it and like andre said like i i was smiling the whole way home and i just i couldn't i was just so happy that this team sort of like found their 
and like I said, we were. I was first to criticize after Champions League. I thought for sure we were doomed this season. I, I I don't want to say I jumped off the train, but I I was just shaking my head, thinking this is not going to no, be we, pretty. The, and the general the general sentiment around the club was in the gutter after Champions League. It wasn't so much that we got knocked out very early. I think that was sort of expected with with the off season turmoil, but it was the manner of the performances. Because for me, I can take a loss. I can't take a bad performance. That for me is a much bigger disappointment than any result could ever be. Yeah, it, when that was it, that was it was not questionable. That put everybody. And you know what? Maybe we're riding off a high. Maybe that's what's kind of creating. It. Like it was so bad. You know, you know it would be. It, you know, the difference was it was so bad. It was just something that this is okay, and we're just looking at it from the difference. You know, like dating me versus Chengiz. Uh So. It's, it's one of those ones where by having these items, we can see a better performance. We can see us pushing forwards and it's so much better than we all expected. And that's probably going to be the best boost that we could have to this squad is knowing that's going on. That the fact that we were doomed to begin with and now it's like we're two games. It, we have two games in hand and we're third in the east and that's based because there's no physical way for us to get any more points or goal difference because they have 10 right. points like if we had five games like again at that current form we would just be demoing it right can we can we at least acknowledge one thing though on a personal note how disrespectful it was to watch Pozuelo do that to a keeper twice <laughs> twice twice rest in peace Sean Johnson's okay, career the, the, rest the, Penenka, the Penenka was definitely cheeky I don't think there was anything disrespectful about that chip. The dude was off his line by like a mile. He chipped I'd him. I do the same. He chipped him on a penalty and then chipped him <laughs> on a goal. And as if you have, if anybody likes to watch world football and is going to be listening to this, note that Toronto is a trendsetter because Ibrahimovic then did one, then Ronaldo did one, then Messi did one. I don't know about uh -huh. you, but it's just kind of like we do one and everybody's like, oh, shit, I got to do one too. Like... Yeah. <laughs> And I think Altador's reaction after that second goal was the entire stadium just like <laughs> when he it, it when he hit it again of... being right behind the net in 114 with the groups. My first thought, because again, like you, you, it's so far up there, I was like, wow, okay, this is how it's gonna go. He's gonna be cocky and smug, and then went in. I was like, I felt my knees buck. I was like, all right, okay. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> there was like a delayed reaction because when he flicked it up and then it fell into the net. Like it took a second for everyone to register that he scored. Like we're not worthy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even Delian was like, "This guy, this guy is the real deal." This guy. Watch, go back and watch it. Nobody does it because we watch our own players. Go back and watch the New York players because they all just stand there and they just don't even look at the net or at the other players. They're just looking towards the other side and just going, "Did that just fucking happen?" Like. Is that, that is just, that our that, third that goal? Would, like, is that the third goal? Like, <laughs> that goal it, will knock the wind out of anybody's cell just because of the nature of it. Like, what do you? How do you come back from that? I'm surprised Sean Johnson just roll off the field and like leave, like and just sell this. Just, 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 just take picks, off his gloves. Yeah, just takes his gloves, yeah, just, picks up his water, water bottles, bottles waves, and just, like, <laughs> Thank you very much, Toronto. Good night. Starts taking off his shorts before he even gets to the end of the field. He's like, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Just goes down injured. Yeah. <laughs> Coach, I gotta come out. Um, uh, Kyle I, I free abandons the game out of respect. Yeah, <laughs> we're not getting a mercy think, roll. Uh, there is no mercy roll. Then why'd you blow the whistle? <laughs> I'm just ending this.
<laughs> it's murder. He's already dead. Yeah, stop uh, it. He's already dead. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, that there's so much excitement about that kind of goal coming from a player like Pozzuolo because we have we don't have another player on our squad who can do that. Um, you know, the last player, obviously, Javinko could have done that. I'm really excited to see Pozzuolo uh, on a dead ball situation to see if he can hit the ball the same way Javinko did. If he did, then... You know, this is this is this is great for us. Yeah, we have <laughs> but, a player who's not 29 coming in, who's yeah. bigger, who's got decent speed, and can link up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I haven't had a hard dreams on in are a long made time. Up. This yeah. is giving me one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like, on, and again, the fi- the final note that I really like to been dragging, and I've been doing this online. So if anybody ever goes to you know, any of these items, the Durham Red Army, you know, Section 35, any of my two groups, you know, at Andre, whatever you're going to see is my favorite thing to do is rag on Atlanta United. And at least, <laughs> at least one like, one prayer right now for Atlanta United, who sits very comfortably in uh, the 12th position in the Eastern yeah. Conference with a negative four girl differential and only two points after four games. So they're pulling a TFC. Some of the they are, yeah. Some of the fans have been absolutely slating Pity Martinez because he was their big money signing coming from a different league and they've made a big deal about how MLS was a step We're going to be able to pick these people up for such discounts because these guys are going to rag on these players so hard they're not going to want to stay. So it's going to be so easy for one of these teams to be like, just come over. It's okay. It's fine. Yeah. You know, they're going to... But why, why, would, why would you want a player from a 12th place team? Oh, because they're great players, but we know what happens. We have great I know, players, I'm being <laughs> and it's just I I, I want to sign them just out of pure spite. Sign them and bench mm. them. Yeah, <laughs> the Mourinho way. Yeah, the Mourinho way. Yeah, yeah. This is all fun and games, guys. But um, one thing that's really making me happy about Toronto FC right now is the fact that we're putting the ball in the back of the net. Like, I mean, they scored four goals that counted uh, on Friday night, but when you, we put two more goals in the back of the net that were offside, but still the fact is like the ball is going into the back of the net. Like the the goal difference right now is amazing. I think it's like what, 10 goals, four, three against or four against mm-hmm. right now. Something it's 10 like to that. three. Yeah. 10 to three. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like that's, that's amazing. And like, when you think about, I mean, and I know we're going to say like last season was an anomaly, yada, yada. But like, when you look at what it was last season to now, like, I mean, so far so good. And you know, obviously there's, there's cautious optimism because when you think about it, champions league last year was amazing start of the season. And then it kind of all fizzled out from there. Uh, but I'm really hoping that they can keep this run of form going the next couple games. They should be able to get points out of, we should get points out of Chicago. Um, and so, I mean, Seattle's going to be a tough game. Uh, but then, you know, we've got uh, Minnesota. Uh, so I, I, I'm really excited to kind of see what happens in, in these next couple of weeks. And I think April and May are really going to sort of dictate what kind of season Toronto FC is going to have. And so far, what we've seen, we're, we're in good hands. Well, it's a blessing in disguise that we don't have Champions League. It, it's going to allow us to not be overloaded with those, those matches and that travel um, and, you know, it, it's hard in North America because if you're traveling from Toronto to L.A. or you're traveling from Toronto to Panama for uh, a Champions League game. Just even Mexico. Like, again, yeah, you cut her down. Yeah. Right. It's a long travel. It's a lot of work. It's it's back and forth. And the league, the way it's set up, you know, we don't have a, a consecutive FA that says, no, 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 no. This game is not rescheduled because you have this game. You know, you have to ask for the team to reschedule. Yeah. And I think uh, it's going to be great 
um, a a not having Champions League um, as well. We realistically we don't have that many internationals on our team, uh, so you, those international breaks and and things like that. We don't have a lot of players going and playing in those. Uh, I know the MLS doesn't really doesn't really uh, go with the international break that often, but um, you know it, it's it's good for us. It allows players to recover. It allows players to actually um, you know stay fit and hopefully it'll be good for us. Well, it's cool because our, our internationals that, that do play, play within our schedule, you know, like Azorio and, you know, we've, we've got Bradley and, and Altidore. They're playing in, in the, the Gold Cup. You know, they're playing in the CONCACAF qualifiers. They're not playing over in the Euros that really screw us over hard. They're playing where we're out. Sorry, the U.S. is a football team? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think they do. I think they do. I think they do. I'm not too sure. I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> but even even when we look at them and they play their their friendlies, Altador sat out. You know, so we were thankfully blessed. And I hate even saying we're thankful and adding the US in that same sentence. But we're thankfully blessed that their national coach realizes the importance of keeping these players fit, not demanding that they come out and play. So it's kind of nice in that sense. But we will have to see where it goes in the future because, you know, the better they play, like for Christ's sakes, Gio only got an, an international call up because of us. Mm. So and also because they changed coach a few times, and, and, and one it, of their coaches was anti MLS, and there was that whole thing. And the fact that they didn't make it, and yeah, yeah, the fact yeah. You know, they were too busy eating pasta, they couldn't find out where the ball was. And, it, and Italy was shit. Yeah, nice big old asterisk there. They were absolutely shit. Italy was shit. <laughs> well, guys, I mean, you know. So far, uh, things are looking good for Toronto FC, and uh, here's to hoping that there's sunny skies still ahead for them. Oh, more and than sunny skies. I, mean, <laughs> I want to pick up a piece of silverware. Like, just, yeah, let's let's pick up another MLS Cup. I'm down. I'm down. Let's do it. Let's do it. Two stars. Two stars. Maybe we can get another star on this scarf that uh, we didn't get a star on for our membership. Yeah, <laughs> <right>? <laughs> they're trying to save on the embroidery. They're like, whoa, we got to put that. CN Tower Maple Leaf on there. Yeah, oh, now we can't put a star on there. And, and I and I love their excuse too. Eh? It's because we're hunting for another gold one. No, just say we <laughs> forgot. Don't. Yeah, yeah. Just be like holy we already crap, one. <laughs> Someone's coming in like you guys won. I only started watching this last year. I thought this was like a new yeah. thing. Toronto's not used to this winning culture that that <laughs> yeah. Toronto FC's brought in now. Yeah, it's gone. It's gone a whole three hundred days. We're like, we won something. Like, <laughs> it's just like it just gone from their head. Like, oh crap, I forgot about that. Can we also just point out that I think that Jonathan David is going to be the next superstar for Team Canada? Yeah. For the Canadian national team? He's he's unreal. Or the fact that, you know, Davies scored for Bayern Munich. Yes. Yes, first goal for Bayern Munich. Uh, sucks that he got injured, but what can you do? Again, Bayern still and young. injuries, name a better duo. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But at least if you're going to be injured, you're going to be injured somewhere there versus oh, being wait, overseas. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Wait, I figured out Arsenal and injuries. <laughs> he's, he's got nothing third we're still third <laughs> yes exactly for now for, for, for now for now right for now. now right now there's only two people here that are still within the top do you, do you see that jersey behind me there yeah that guy's going to make sure that changes oh good he's, he's mentioned it again that's great <laughs> oh, yeah. kept but, going when he yeah, goes yeah. to barcelona yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Then he's going to cross out Rashford and he's going to put another name over top there with a sticker. Yeah. Well, that's what I do. I just, every time, like once Rooney left, I just put Rashford's in there and just, I just change. No, I'm joking. Like yeah. Chong. Chong. Yeah, give it, yeah, how hard yeah. it is to line it up with a black sticker and then put new stickers on top for a name. Every yeah, time. It's not, it's not easy, man. It's not easy. <laughs> All right, boys. Well, that's going to do it for us here on the Starting 11 podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Send us an email at the Starting XI podcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at XI podcast. And on behalf of Peter, I'm looking forward to the CPL. Yes. CPL is going to be great. Um, support local football. Make sure you pick up tickets. Um, we're actually going to have a special guest. Ryan Brennan is going to be on. He's one of the uh, VPs at York nine. Um, he's going to be on in a couple weeks once they're back from the Dominican. Uh, so that'd be pretty cool. So look forward to that. Um, but yeah, support local football guys. Thanks for coming on Peter and Cengiz. Don't do cocaine. <laughs> Our special guest, Andre. Thanks for coming out, buddy. Red runs deep again. Go out there and watch the CPL. Yes. And on behalf of myself, thanks so much for listening.